You're listening to the Earn That Podcast, episode number 133. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Now, who loves being bloated? Uh, no one. <laughs> There's nothing great about being bloated, right? Bloating, gassiness, and abdominal discomfort Those things are the absolute worst, but let me tell you, they are not limited to those holiday events when you simply overate. They say one in 10 Americans say they suffer from bloating regularly, even when they haven't had some large fattening meal. In some cases, bloating can become severe enough that it causes distension and a swelling of the abdomen. I mean, I think we've all been there, right? Bloating and gas are usually tied to what and how you eat. So let's see if I can tell you a few things that might be causing your bloating and a few things you can change so that you don't have to have it anymore. But first, this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. Today on the Eagle's Eye on Health, I found an article about gluten in restaurants. And it seems that researchers found that one in three gluten-free items at a restaurant has had enough gluten to exceed the federal standards. Wow. A recent study underscores why dining out is a minefield for anyone with celiac disease or non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Researchers using portable gluten sensors found that about one-third of more than 5,600 gluten-free menu items in restaurants contained gluten levels exceeding 20 parts per million, the Food and Drug Administration standard for labeling food gluten-free. Columbia University's Celiac Disease Center presented the findings at the American College of Gastroenterology's 2018 annual scientific meeting. Now, the problem is that gluten gets around. A chef may use gluten-free pasta, but cross-contamination can happen if it's cooked in the same pot used for regular pasta or if gluten-free bread shares a cutting board with regular bread. Clearly, kitchens will have to set up dedicated gluten-free workspaces, and restaurant staff will need better food handling practices if sensitive diners are to eat in peace. One thing they wanted to note in this research and this article, the levels of gluten found in the study are not a problem for people who eat gluten-free as a lifestyle choice and not because of a diagnosed condition. So if you are someone who's gluten-free because of celiac or you do have a real sensitivity, just know that if you're eating out at a restaurant and you tend to have some symptoms afterwards, it is very likely that it is because there's actually a certain amount of gluten still past the federal standards in the gluten-free food, which is really sad. But as you can see, it sounds like it's quite hard to keep the cross-contamination out. So always something new, something to learn, something in the latest news, right? Okay, back to the important topic on hand, because nobody 
wants to be bloated. There is nothing worse, in my opinion, than being bloated. So what is causing it? And what exactly is happening? And what the heck can we do to avoid it, limit it, and be done with it? Well, first, let's talk about some of the most common causes of bloating. One of the most common is just simply overeating. And that's generally why at a holiday dinner, after Thanksgiving, after the meal, you want to just unbutton your pants because you're totally bloated. Not only did you overeat, but just like you've maxed out on probably some really greasy, fattening foods, right? So overeating is the most common reason for bloating. The second one is from rich and fatty foods. Now, fat takes longer to digest than the carbohydrates and the proteins, so it definitely makes you feel full longer, which that part's not always a bad thing, but for some people, rich fatty food is just too much, and that in itself can cause a lot of bloating, so you might need to tone back on the rich and fatty foods. The third one is that people eat too fast. So if you're someone who inhales your meal and you look up and everybody else is like on their third bite, and right now, if you're a fast eater, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you eat too fast, that can be another thing that actually causes bloating. And so my recommendation to you is slow down. If you are a fast eater, try to start eating smaller bites and try to chew a few more times, and I'm being really serious about that. Some people just sort of like chew for a second and swallow. Give all your food plenty of chewing and try to relax. Like some people just, they're always in a rush, and so that's why they're eating fast. So try to relax and try to slow down your eating. Reason number four people get bloated, gas in the abdomen. Now this is actually the second most common cause of bloating. Half of gas in the digestive system is swallowed air, and half is produced by bacteria in the gut that actually helps digest your food. Now, if the gastrointestinal tract does not move it through efficiently, that is when gas builds up in the intestines and causes the bloating and the awful discomfort. So, Actually, getting gas in the abdomen is what's causing bloating for most people. What kinds of things cause you to have gas in the abdomen? Apparently, chewing gum could be one of them. You're swallowing air, drinking through a straw, and eating while talking. All of those things can lead to increased swallowed air, creating more gas in the abdomen. So... If you're someone who's bloated a lot, you might ask yourself if you do any of those things. Do you chew gum? Do you drink through a lot of straws? Um, All of that. You talk a lot while you're eating because maybe you're actually swallowing a lot of air. So slow down on doing those things. Another thing that you can do is reduce carbonated beverages. So soda, fizzy drinks, anything with bubbles. So all you Topo Chico drinkers out there, that's something that you might have to reduce. Like people ask me all the time, is it okay if I drink the carbonated waters? You know, there's so many now. Everybody's drinking carbonated water. Yes, but if you're someone who gets bloated really easily, it's possible that it could be from that. So you might want to slow down or reduce that. I've noticed for me, 
that kombucha actually makes me a little bloated. Like I always notice that the days I feel bloated are the days I had a kombucha and it is sort of fizzy, right? It has that. So even though there's some probiotic stuff going on with kombucha, that's a whole separate topic. Um, for me, I'm noticing that that causes some bloating. So definitely reducing carbonated beverages, sodas, fizzy drinks, anything with bubbles. The next thing are food allergies and intolerances. And this is definitely a big one. Food allergies and food intolerances, they're relatively common. When you eat foods that you are not tolerant to, you're intolerant to these foods, it can cause excess gas production, bloating, and other symptoms. Now, here are some common foods and ingredients that a lot of people tend to be intolerant to. One, I'm sure you all know, lactose. Lactose intolerance is associated with many digestive symptoms, including bloating. Lactose is the main carbohydrate in milk. So if you are a milk drinker and you get bloated a lot, you might wanna try 30 days without milk and dairy in general and see if that helps with your bloating. Another one is fructose. Fructose intolerance can lead to bloating as well. Eggs, gas and bloating are very common symptoms for an egg allergy. And then of course, wheat and gluten. Many people are intolerant to gluten, a protein in the wheat. That's what gluten is. It's a protein in wheat, spelt, barley, and some other grains. And this can lead to various adverse effects on your digestion, including bloating. Now, both lactose and fructose are part of a larger group of indigestible carbs or fiber known as FODMAPs. F-O-D-M-A-P-S. FODMAP intolerance is one of the most common causes of bloating and abdominal pain. So we're going to talk a little bit more about FODMAPs, but if you strongly suspect that you do have a food allergy or an intolerance, I'm going to recommend you see a doctor because you want to find out and they can do certain allergy tests. I warn you, a lot of the food allergy tests are going to tell you you're allergic to everything. So I haven't quite been able to figure out, and I've done a little research, like why is everybody allergic to eggs when you go take that test? Like I, I've never done the test, but I know tons of people have, and it seems like everybody is allergic to the same things, and it's like everything. And you can't take everything out of your diet. So I'm just going to warn you that if you do get an allergy test for foods, be prepared for it to come back and say you're allergic to everything. But I don't know that that means you actually have to take all of those foods out of your diet. So that's just, just a little warning for you on that one. Another reason you may be bloated is from high fiber foods. So of course, we want fiber, right? I always tell my clients, you need a certain amount of fiber a day. That's one of the things I check on their food log. How much fiber are they getting? Fiber is important. But some foods are high in fiber and they actually will bloat you or people who are sensitive, it will bloat. So which the NHS lists some of the foods which are known to cause bloating, they're known for it. Of course, beans, onions, broccoli, cabbage, sprouts, and cauliflower. All of these foods are vegetables that are very high in fiber, but while the easy thing to do is to just say, okay, then I'm not gonna eat vegetables anymore to reduce bloating, 
You just need to find different vegetables because the fiber is still an integral part of healthy eating. So fiber shouldn't be the enemy when it comes to bloating. Um, And there's actually a nutritionist I had read about. Her name is Cassandra Barnes. And she offers five things to remember when it comes to fiber and bloating. She says, one, don't cut out fiber because a lack of fiber in a person's diet can lead to bowel movement problems. And we do not wanna be constipated, everybody, right? She says that a lack of fiber can contribute to constipation, and when you're constipated, that can lead to even more bloating. So don't think you're gonna take out all vegetables and all fiber, that's that's not gonna be the trick. You wanna avoid fiber overload. So while eating as much fiber as possible sounds like a healthy option, Eating too much can definitely wreak havoc on the digestive system. And this nutritionist says too much fiber may not be helpful for those with bloating, flatulence, or abdominal pain, especially insoluble fiber like that found in wheat bran, seeds, and nuts. And Uh, some of the tough parts of vegetables and fruits like the skin as well. So that's something you want to be careful of. She also says be a little choosy on which grains that you choose. If you are partial to eating grains as your source of fiber, there are certain ones considered better than others for reducing bloating. So if you eat grains, you want to choose the sort of gentler ones like brown rice and oats. Those are going to have a less bloating effect. She also says how you prepare the fruits and vegetables will make a really big difference. Um, She said basically if you peel or gently cook the vegetables and fruits even, rather than eating them raw, that that will help with bloating. So some people who eat like broccoli raw, I don't recommend it. (laughs) That will bloat you. So always sort of, if you're someone who has this problem, don't eat a lot of the raw vegetables especially. And the last thing she says is before eating nuts and seeds, there is a simple step that you could take that actually helps with bloating. If you soak the nuts and seeds in water for eight to 12 hours, it can help them be more easily digested. So if you do love nuts and seeds and you don't wanna give them up, why don't you try this? Because that might take away the bloating in itself because it's gonna help make it easier for you to digest. Now, some of the worst uh, vegetables, I should say, that, that come up when it comes to bloating would be broccoli, cabbage, and kale. These are what's called cruciferous vegetables, and they contain something called raffinose, a sugar that remains undigested until bacteria in your gut ferment it. So that produces gas and makes you bloated. So you definitely, if you're a bloated person, like you're always bloated, I would probably back off on the broccoli, the cabbage, and the kale right now. Like I always think what you wanna do, first we wanna sort of figure out what's causing the bloating. And so we might have to take these things out and then reintroduce them. And maybe you'll never eat broccoli. Well, you don't have to eat broccoli. There's tons of other vegetables out there and ways to get the fiber. So if that for you is something you know that's bothering you, just pick a new vegetable. Uh, It is recommended you keep a food diary to try to figure out which foods are making you more gassy and bloated than others. 
Definitely a good idea. I mean, especially if you if you do my programs, we do a lot of food logging. You might also want to write on the food log which day you were bloated and which day you weren't because then we can always go back. Okay, what did you eat the day before? What did you eat that day? And we might be able to see what it is that's causing your bloating. Now, the last thing that can cause bloating that a lot of people don't think about because they don't even know about it is sugar alcohols. And sugar alcohols are commonly found in sugar-free foods, and that includes chewing gum. There is almost no chewing gum out there that does not have some kind of artificial sweetener in it or even a sugar alcohol. And these sweeteners are generally considered to be safe alternatives to sugar, according to the FDA. I would not eat them. (laughs) I don't eat artificial uh, sweeteners at all, but they are technically considered okay, but they may cause digestive problems in high amounts. The bacteria in your large intestine digest them and that produces gas. So you want to try avoiding sugar alcohols. And how do you know? Well, you're going to look at the food label of foods. And if it has something called xylitol in it, and that is spelled X-Y-L-I-T-O-L, xylitol, sorbitol, mannitol, or even something called erythritol. The O-L at the end, the all, that's what it's considered an alcohol. So if you see the O-L, there might be some kind of sugar alcohol in what you're about to eat. Um, Generally, those sugar alcohols are what can cause a lot of digestive issues. So I always tell my clients or when someone tells me that they're super bloated, then I go back and I look to see what they're eating. A lot of times I see a protein powder in their food log and I'll say, can you show me the ingredients in your protein powder? And often it has some kind of artificial sweetener or sugar alcohol. Molotol is one that I, or mannitol is one that I see a lot. Uh, Erythritol you will also see a lot in a lot of these supplements. If your supplement or food ever says sugar-free, don't buy it. I know that our first inclination is that, oh great, it doesn't have sugar. I'm not supposed to eat sugar, that's great. It's not great because sugar-free means that they are sweetening it with something artificial. So it's like a trick. (laughs) So you never wanna get anything that says sugar-free. I can assure you there is an artificial sweetener or a sugar alcohol in it. And like I said, sugar alcohols are definitely known for causing all kinds of digestive issues like bloating. So what can we do to help? Besides avoiding all of the things I just told you, right? So let's not have sugar alcohol. Let's be careful of the types of fiber that we're taking in. So you might have to watch which vegetables you eat, which fruits you eat, but it doesn't mean you can't have them, okay? So I don't want you to not have fiber. Um, You might need to slow down your eating. You might have to reduce carbonated beverages. You might have to not overeat or you might reduce the rich and fatty foods, right? But there's also a few more things you can do. And again, some people really suffer from bloating. Like some people right now are so excited about this podcast episode because they'll do anything to not be bloated every day. And I get it because the few times I am bloated in a month, it's like the worst days. I hate it. Well, one thing you can do is you can try something called a FODMAP diet. And we talked a little bit about this just a moment ago. 
Irritable bowel syndrome is the most common digestive disorder in the world. And it has it has no known cause. They're really not sure. But they believe that it's affecting about 14% of people and most of those are undiagnosed. Now, common symptoms include bloating, abdominal pain, discomfort, diarrhea, and or constipation. And the majority of irritable bowel syndrome patients experience bloating. And about 60% of them report bloating as the absolute worst symptom, even more than abdominal pain. So numerous studies have shown that indigestible carbohydrates called FODMAPs, as I I said it before, F-O-D-M-A-P-S, can drastically exacerbate the symptoms of IBS patients. Now, FODMAP, aren't you dying to know what it stands for? Because it's written in all capitals, so you know it stands for something. It stands for fermentable oligodimonosaccharides and polyols. Aren't you glad that you can just say FODMAP? These are the scientific names for carbs that may cause digestive issues. So a low FODMAP diet has been shown to lead to major reductions in symptoms like bloating. So if you have problems with bloating, with or without the other digestive symptoms of IBS, I'm not saying you have IBS, but if you have the bloating, you might try a low FODMAP diet and see if it helps fix things. So foods you would want to avoid that are high FODMAP foods, because you want low FODMAP, right? So you wanna avoid these high FODMAP foods. Wheat, onions, garlic, which is crazy, because I always thought you know garlic is like one of the best things for you. Broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, artichokes, beans, apples, pears, and watermelon. This diet, of taking these things out, it can be difficult to follow if you're eating a lot of these foods, right? But it might be worth trying for even like 10 days to see if your bloating goes away. Another thing you can do for bloating is do not let yourself get constipated. And I know that is easier said than done. Constipation is a very common digestive problem and it can have many different causes. Studies show that constipation can often exacerbate symptoms of bloating. Getting more soluble fiber is often recommended for constipation. However, increasing fiber needs to be done with caution, as we know, for people with gas and bloating because that fiber can often make things worse. So you might want to try drinking more water if you're someone who's constipated a lot. Make sure that you're getting in enough hydration. Also, increasing physical activity, that also can help constipation. So if you are someone who is a little bit sedentary, honestly, walking around for long periods, running, oh my God, if running doesn't get your bowels moving, I don't know what does. But being in this upright position and getting gravity working with that physical exercise, that can help constipation a lot. So moving more, drinking more water, uh, a little trick I give all my clients, eat a whole cucumber. 
Yes, go buy lots of cucumbers. Sometimes eating a whole cucumber can totally help you with constipation. There's something about eating seeds and the oils in the seeds. When I was in Eastern medicine, we used to often prescribe certain seeds for constipation because of the oils in them. And that can help sort of lubricate the system and help you with constipation. So I think it's the seeds and cucumbers that actually are helping people. So I always tell my clients, go eat a whole cucumber and see if that helps as well. Another thing to help bloating, taking probiotics. So gas produced by the bacteria in the intestine is a major contributor to the bloating that you might be having. And there are many types of bacteria that reside there and can vary between individuals as well. It seems logical that the number and type of bacteria could have something to do with gas production, and there are some studies that definitely support this. Several clinical studies have shown that certain probiotic supplements can help reduce gas production and bloating in people who do have digestive problems. However, other studies show that probiotics can help reduce gas, but not symptoms of bloating. So it may be dependent on the individual. Um, It also may be dependent on the probiotic strain that you're using. Probiotic supplements can have numerous other benefits, but so, you know, it might be worth trying, but you know, my butt is coming. Probiotics are still supplements. And as you know, supplements are not regulated by the FDA. So if you didn't check out my podcast on supplements, definitely check it out. I always say, you know, give maybe a probiotic a try if you're really having a bad bloating problem. Go ahead and try one, but I wouldn't want you to take it forever. See if it helps, and if it can get the bloating to go away, then see if you can wean off it. It is always, in my opinion, that you should not be on any supplement forever daily. So if you're desperate, you might give it a try, but see if you can wean off it and not stay on it forever. Now, maybe a more, um, a more natural way to help would be this next one, which is using peppermint oil. Bloating can be caused by altered function of the muscles in the digestive tract as well. And drugs called antispasmodics, which can help reduce muscle spasms, have been shown to be of use for bloating. Peppermint oil is a natural substance that is believed to function in that similar way. So numerous studies have shown that it can reduce various symptoms of IBS, including the bloating. And peppermint oil is available in a supplement form. So what does that mean? It's still a supplement. (laughs) So again, it would not be my goal that you get on peppermint oil for life. I would try it see if it works. If it doesn't work, well, stop for sure. You don't need it. If it does work, see if you can wean off it as well. Always when I was in Eastern medicine, that's where my graduate degree is from, and when I used to treat patients, the goal was to give them herbal teas with very specific herbs for their problem to help the problem at the source, but then to wean them off the tea that hopefully their body then can do it on its own. The the goal was never to keep them on these herbs forever. So that's why I always say supplements, I don't personally think they should be taken daily for life. Maybe you try these, see if they help, and see if you can wean off. The next thing you can try, and you're going to laugh, don't go to Starbucks. (laughs) 
I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you something personal about me. If I go to Starbucks, I get bloated. Why? Because I'll get a latte. And for one, the one thing I hate about Starbucks, which many things I'm not a fan of, but they don't have organic milk. I don't think my stomach likes non-organic milk anymore. That's one thing. But I've made that up. That's a that's a personal guess. Um, Another thing is I tend to have problems with lactose. So I drink lactose-free milk at home. That is also not an option at Starbucks. If you're someone who gets bloated a lot and you're someone who's having a lot of lattes, it's probably the milk in all that Starbucks. So I used to feel like every time I got on a plane and was going on vacation somewhere, and you know, like, You're going on vacation, you wanna feel good, like maybe you're gonna be putting on a bathing suit when you get to your destination. I always felt like I'd get on the plane, I'm super fit, I'm super healthy, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting on the plane and I can feel my bloating starting on the plane. There's no worse place to feel bloated and gassy, am I right? And I'm like, the last thing you wanna do then is get to your vacation destination and you're completely distended and bloated. And then I realized, The reason why this kept happening to me is because I was always having a Starbucks latte in the airport before I got on the plane. And that was it. I don't have that anymore and I don't get bloated anymore. So if you drink a lot of Starbucks, you might be a little lactose intolerant and they should get organic milk, just FYI. Now the last thing you should do if you're having a lot of bloating, super uncomfortable, this is happening to you all the time, I want you to see a doctor. I want you to rule out a chronic or serious condition. If you have chronic bloating that causes severe problems in your life or it becomes a lot worse all of a sudden, I want you to see a doctor. There's always the possibility of some serious medical condition uh, and diagnosing a digestive problem, it can be complicated. But in many cases, bloating can be reduced or even eliminated with the simple changes in diet as long as we make sure that there was nothing serious going on. So I really do think if you've been suffering for a long time, try some of these things that I'm saying, you know, eliminate some things, try the FODMAP, uh, the low FODMAP diet if you have to. Change out what type of vegetables you're eating, but not fiber altogether. Like all of these things, like think about it. Think about what you can change. But in like 30 days, if you make these changes and you're still having chronic bloating, just go to the doctor, rule things out. Sometimes I just feel better when I rule things out with the doctor. Like sometimes I have things wrong with me and I go to the doctor because I'm afraid something's wrong and they tell me I'm fine and then the thing goes away. (laughs) Does that ever happen to you? So sometimes you're like maybe afraid that it's serious, but it's not. So it's just always good to rule it out. And I always say, see a medical doctor, an MD doctor for these kind of things. Um, I. I love chiropractors, but I don't think that they are the people to see for these first types of diagnosis. So there you have it, a very important topic because nobody likes to be bloated, right? I love to be bloated and my belly hanging over my jeans said no one ever. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you have a fantastic non-bloated type of week and Check out earnthatbody.com if you have any questions about any of my programs. And always 
post and comment on the Earn That Body social media pages, Instagram and Facebook. I really want to engage with all of you and that is the best place to do it. So when you see my posts, if you could just leave a comment, let me know, did you like the post? Did you not? Do you have a question? That is the place to reach out to me and I will be the one to comment and engage back to you. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Again, the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information that you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Thank you.